it seems like now stress is more prevalent than ever before in our daily lives. But what about dogs? Dogs also stress. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about understanding stress responses in dogs. And hopefully by the end of it, you'll understand a little bit more about your dog and maybe why they do some of the things they do. Let's go ahead and talk about that next. Right, let me adjust my mic here real quick. Hey guys, let's get into this week's episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about understanding stress responses in dogs and just kind of dive into it. We won't be diving into it too nerdy. Uh, maybe I'll put a episode out sometime in the future that gets a little bit more into a deep dive. I'm going to keep this a little bit more kind of broad, but I want to get the point across. But before I do, hey guys, I'm Jake from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. Uh, we're an online uh, dog training business. Check us out on DogTrainingAcademy.com. On there, you can see we have courses, we're putting out webinars, and what I think a lot of people have utilized and seem to really enjoy is the one-on-one virtual uh, lessons that we're able to do, where I can see you, you can see me, you can see me working with our dog, and being able to help you through any situations that you might have. So whether you're looking for a virtual hands-on, or if you're looking to just ask questions and get some answers, definitely check us out. You can schedule it. All of that's easy to do right on our website on dogtrainingacademy.com. So like I said, we're going to talk about stress and dogs. This is something I think that's not too new or or shouldn't be shocking that dogs have stress. I mean, every living creature, in my opinion, deals with stress. I don't even know if that's an opinion. Every living creature, to some degree, deals with stress, whether it's a zebra that's trying to run away from a, a, a lion or whatever animals are chasing them, or if it's a animal that's starving to death and wanting to get food and needs to get food and just the stress of that. So stress is, is all over the place. Humans deal with it. Humans, it's definitely no no <clears throat> shocker that we have stress. But we're going to talk about stress with our dogs. And the first thing I want to talk about, um, I was going to sort of talk, I was going to talk about it in a different way and I decided to mix it up a little bit. I first want to talk about some signs of stress um, because these can be misinterpreted, I think, at times. Or maybe what you think isn't stress actually is. Um, so a few signs of stress is the first thing is pacing and shaking. Uh, pacing, I mean, you think about people when they're nervous, they, they do the, they'll like twitch their legs, they'll rock back and forth, they'll walk around, they'll pace. Uh, same thing with shaking, when there's nerves, when there's excitement. And you have to remember that, that stress isn't just a negative you can be excited, overly excited, and that to your body, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, is a form of stress. Um, so pacing, shaking. Uh, you got the dogs who are whining and barking. Uh, the the whining. I call I call some of this whining. I call it leaking. Where like the dog is so stressed, it's going, and it, you can't stop them. It doesn't matter. You could scream at them till your face explodes. They're not gonna stop doing it. Um, same thing with barking. Like the dog is barking at something, whether it's a stranger or another dog, then they're excited or they're afraid, they're stressing. And so that barking, excessive barking, is a really good sign that potentially your dog is stressed. Um, you've got some of your more subtle ones like yawning. 
Um, I know some people maybe don't realize this, but but you know dogs do yawn when they're tired, but dogs also yawn um, when they're stressed. And depending on how you want to look at it, I know some places say that it's a stress response. Some people think it's a, co- a way to cope with stress. I kind of lean more towards the coping part. Um, but yawning is definitely something. So if it's in the middle of the day and your dog was just playing and or doing something and they're not tired and they yawn, chances are there might be a little stress there. Uh, excessive drooling. So I actually notice this the most when dogs are in cars. When a dog is in a car and they're not really thrilled about being in the car, you'll see um, excessive panting. I believe panting is somewhere on my list here too. But you also see just drooling, like the dog will literally just be sitting there and drool will be coming out of their mouth. It's not that they're hungry, it's that the stress is causing that to happen. Uh, You'll see a lot of lip licking as well. So the dog will slowly kind of lick its lips and you'll just see these little things um, that could tell you that your dog is stressed. Um, looking at the body of the dog. So not only the body posture, meaning how is your dog standing? Is your dog... Is your dog, you know, usually dogs will stand very squared up for the most part. Um, but is your dog kind of talked back? What's the tail doing? What are the ears doing? What are the eyes doing? Being able to, to identify, are the eyes, are the ears back? Are the ears very erect? Um, what about the eyes? Are the eyes, uh, are the pupils dilated? Is your dog's eyes very wide? What is going on with that? Body posturing, like I said, tail tucked. Is the dog leaning forward really heavily? Is the dog leaning back very heavily? These are little indicators that something is stressing your dog. Um, excessive shedding. Now, no, this does not mean that labs, or I guess in my case, Malinois, are always stressed. Shedding happens. What I am saying, though, is if you have a dog who wasn't really shedding a whole lot and then suddenly is in a situation that's uncomfortable to them, shedding, the blowing coat, and I again, I haven't really deep dived into this part, but I don't know exactly why, but shedding, we've dealt with some dogs who definitely, when they're a little bit stressed, will just drop their coat. Like, they just, you're done and it just looks crazy how, how much hair there is around, Um and of course, they go into their. You'll see dogs who, who when they're stressed, or a sign of stress is they either want to fight or flight. You have a dog who wants to just go forward and try to fight the thing that is maybe stressing them or, or whatever. And you're also you have the dogs who want to just run away. They tuck their head, they pull away. They're like, no, I want to go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. So those are just some of your basic signs. There's probably a lot more um, that we could dive into. I'm sure. But those are your main ones. I think the barking's a big one. And the barking whining is probably the one people see a lot. Shaking. People see a lot of shaking and stuff. Dogs that are pacing. Things like that. Um, you know, body posturing. Panting. You know, there's a lot of a lot of obvious signs. But the, I think these are the basic ones that we've noticed, um, you know, when interacting with dogs through our experience. Now, what I also want to talk about is what happens to the dog when stress takes place. And this this maybe goes a little nerdy um, into kind of a little bit of, of, the, of how this all happens. To me, it's more fascinating. I, I like to know, personally, I like to kind of know what is my, bot, my dog's body doing um, in this situation. And really, it's very similar with humans as well, but like why, why this, this happens. Um, so the first thing is... Let's talk about what normal is for a dog or for humans, really any any living living creature here. Um, the body in all animals is programmed to, to be balanced um, or, or homeostasis, I guess it would be called. 
Um, everything's in balance. Heart rate, oxygen, everything is just kind of copacetic, flowing along, everything is going well. Uh, stress is anything that throws us out of that balance. So again, stress isn't necessarily a bad thing. Stress is just anything that throws that out of balance. So uh, you're excited to, your team's about to play in the Super Bowl. You're excited about that. Your heart rate's up. You're breathing heavier. You know, you're doing all these different things. That's stress. You might be excited, but that's stress. You know, same thing with your dog. Your dog sees another dog. They're not afraid of that dog. They're excited to see that dog. You see their breathing increase. <sighs> their ears, their eyes get big. They're like, oh my God, they start to bark. And if you let that dog off the leash, not saying you should, but if you let the dog off the leash, they'd run over and play with their friends. So again, stress isn't always a bad thing. The word stress to us, when we hear the word stress, we're like, oh shit, yeah, like that's that's a bad word. But it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes stress is okay. Sometimes, contrary to what I'm going to say here, sometimes people perform better under stress. Um, and there's a couple, or dogs, I should say, even maybe perform better, but that, I think that's a little more rare. Um, some really interesting things about stress in dogs. Maybe in people too, but I think for this topic, for, for this next thing we'll talk about, we'll keep it, we'll, we'll stay in our lane and talk just about dogs. Um, we'll talk about the sex drive, like I said, of the dogs. The sex drive of the dog, when they're in high stress, goes away or gets very greatly minimized, which is why like when, when, breeders, when breeders want a dog to be bred, a lot of times it's best to have the male come to them as opposed to the female go to them because in traveling, getting into a new place, all that stuff, that can in increase stress, which can then start to kill sex drive. Um, and then they won't want to breed. Now, contrary, or you could flip it around and say, well, if, if the male, which is true, goes to a new place, travels, does all that stuff, uh, they can have the same effect. My opinion though, and this is just my opinion, is I think the male dog probably works through it slightly better because he's a stupid boy and there's breeding involved. So maybe that's why they do that. Plus, I think he can underperform and still get the job done while she, if she doesn't perform or she underperforms, potentially the litter doesn't take. So there's definitely all that. But when the stress is going, there's, there's, they don't care about anything else. You're not thinking about reproduction, which to dogs, that's a big part of their life reproducing to even humans. I mean, think about sex drive and, and all that stuff for humans that that drives a lot of, of, of what we do in life. Um, like I said, I'm not going to get too much into the human part of it, but with the dogs too, it drives a big part of what they do. But when there's stress, that all goes away. Their biggest thing is how do I, how do I get out of this situation or how, how do how does this end? How does this end? You could say the fight or flight thing. Um, if it's a negative stress, the fight or flight saying, you know, I don't care about breeding. All I care about right now is survival. I have to survive. So that's kind of an interesting thing. The next one, which I think is incredibly interesting. It's something I knew, but it's a, something I think is very interesting is pain in stressed dogs may be absent. I'll repeat that. Pain in stressed dogs may be absent. So what does that mean? Well, let's take Let's let's take you, you bring your dog out to a park and your dog is reactive or fearful of other dogs and your dog sees other dogs, starts to bark, wants to fight them, wants to pull away, whatever. You can crank on their leash 
as much as you want. You could turn your e-collar up to maximum and correct them, but there's a very high likelihood that it's going to be ineffective because the dog, the, 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 a stressed dog doesn't feel the pain the same way as a balanced dog would, a homeostasis dog would. So that to me is super interesting. So I, I train a lot with, with sport dog people and, and there is stress in some of the sport dog stuff that we do. And it's really interesting to watch how some of the dogs don't really improve during these times when the owners get heavy handed with them. Now, some do, some definitely do. And and that's just means that maybe the stress isn't quite as big. There isn't as much there as before, but when dogs are under heavy stress, you could punch them in the face. And I'm not saying you should do that. Do not do that. And they won't feel it because their issues, the stress issues is, is trumping, is overtaking that pain response. So I find that really interesting, uh, and we'll get into a little bit of that uh, at the end. Um, the next one is they have sharpened senses. So if you take a dog who's uh, afraid of thunderstorms, or well, it's, well, we could say thunderstorms, or you could say uh, gunshots, a loud noise, bang. Suddenly a dog who's kind of in that stress zone, someone slams a door or drops something on the floor, that dog is fast to to get over threshold or fast to react to those um because they're on edge because it their senses are heightened uh there's there's a lot of dogs who when they get super super stressed and let's say they're afraid of another dog and and they're worried that dog's going to attack them you reach down and you pet that dog just to let them know you scratch them on the neck which is a common place for dogs to bite when they attack. You touch them on the neck and that dog quickly turns and snaps at you. It's not that the dog was being aggressive to you. That was their that was their their response. That was their stress response. They were like, "Oh shit, like you're, something's attacking me." Ah. You know, it's it's think about it. Think about it in the sense of like a scary movie, right? You're watching a scary movie, um if anybody watches, like back in the day, there was the the whole big skid, the original one, not the ones after, but the original uh, paranormal activity. I think it was called, where you know it's it's basically home like home home video looking. Um, you could even say, uh, um, well, whatever. I can't remember the name of the dang movies now. Um, but but paranormal activity. There's a lot of quietness, and that quietness brings stress, and. What will happen then is not even the thing that scares you. Like it could be like you're watching and something scary is about to happen. You know what's about to happen. And then a cat jumps up on the table or runs across the screen and you're like, whoa, geez, cripe. You know, that's that's your your sharpened senses. Like see that you're, you're, you're ready for anything to happen at any time. Something bad's going to happen. And even though it wasn't something bad, it caused you to have that response. Well, it's the same with dogs. So kind of keep that in mind. Think about that. Uh, the dog's body. This to me is, is this explains a lot in people and dogs. But the body is affected when stress happens. So when stress happens, the heart rate increases. Breathing increases. Um, blood is, is diverted from basically anything the stomach south. Well, if a person. But basically the stomach and everything, all the blood, the, the digestive system shuts down. And the blood is diverted to muscles for that fight or flight, like whatever's happening, um, which in turn, you know, this makes sense, which in turn then is why you have some dogs that'll go to like boarding places or 
um, be out, have an experience. Uh, let's say they're afraid of thunder. So after the thunderstorm happens, your dog goes out and they have diarrhea. It makes sense because when the digestive system shuts down, your intestines are now going, we're not taking in any water, guys. We're full. We're not taking any water. We're busy doing something else. So instead of absorbing the water, which then creates your firmer poop, this is fun to talk about, um, it, it basically says, nope, nope, nope. We're just passing everything through. Another theory in this is that it also, the reason this happens is because they want the dog to push everything through um, because anything from the stomach beyond into the intestines is all weight. That's going to affect movement, affect reaction time. So it just liquefies basically from, which is why, again, which is why like you take your dog boarding places. Um, if your dog is, if you're, if you're exercising your dog, and this is another thing that people don't think about, but heat, hot, hot dogs can, can get stressed. I mean, when you're, when your body's overheating and stuff, your, your body, the, the, your dog's body is stressing. So when your dog is done playing, they sucked a bunch of water down during that time to try and stay cool, but their body is stressing. So potentially that's what's happening is your, the, the, the water's going in, but they're like, you know what? We're not taking any absorption and it just shoots it right out, which is why your dogs get diarrhea. Think about this too. Like I know a couple people who, who people who, who go to like trial their dogs or they're going into a big competition and pre-competition nerves, which is stress, they get diarrhea from it. They get loose stools. I guess it's weird calling a person's stuff loose stool, but either way, they get a loose stool, which I find is, you know, it's interesting, but now it kind of makes sense. You know, it definitely, it definitely makes sense. You know, and of course we don't want a dog to have long-term stress. So like separation anxieties, things like that. That's, that's a long-term stress because long-term stress, just like you see with people can have long lasting, um, or, you know, issues, long-term stuff, uh, immune system issues, um, weight loss. You know, you see a lot of stuff that, that we're not as different as people think when it comes to a lot of like how our bodies function in a way, um, as dogs. So like how we handle stress or how we work stress, yeah, maybe maybe dogs can't think about, oh my God, in two weeks from now, I've got this big meeting and you can think that far ahead and you can stress about that. Like I can stress about something that's happening in two weeks. Dogs don't think that way. What dogs think about what causes a dog to stress could be they hear thunder in the distance. They feel the pressure change. You grab your keys. That's a cue to the dog that you're going to leave. So they're they're future stress thinking is way more short term. It's way more closer together than us thinking two weeks in advance. They're usually thinking two minutes or or so in advance. They know something's coming. So they get stressed about it. So long-term stress stuff. So with all that being said, you know, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from what I just said about dog stress? Well, the big takeaway for me, this to me is the big takeaway is how we train, our mindset and training. If we're sitting there yelling and screaming and correcting our dog, the only thing we're doing is increasing the stress of the training. If we increase the stress of the training, like you saw before, they don't feel the pain. They get into fight or flight and most dogs are going to try and run away. So really it's not effective, right? I've said it before. When I train a dog, I get excited for the dog, but I have, I have, I try to keep my highs medium, but I keep my lows very, very non-existent. Meaning I don't, I don't want, especially through training, I 
don't want my dog to to have those emotional roller coasters while they're training because we have to get learning done. We have to get learning done. And so I find it interesting. So if you're if you're one of those people who who cranks on their dog during high stress, when your dog is high stressed, and you're like, geez, I can crank on them and crank on them, and it's just not working, and so your your, your solution is to crank on them more, you might want to find a different solution to this. Maybe it means we're going to go to a food reward. Like This is something I find very interesting because, because, like I said, stress is a positive and a negative. So the negative is your dog's not doing something right. The positive is is your dog is is stressed because they're they're excited and they're working and everything, and then your reward is high value. So that's again, it's it's almost adding that sort of positive stress to it. But you're keeping your dog at this heightened level when you could maybe go instead of giving your dog a toy or a tug, you go, I'm going to give them a treat. I'm going to give them a piece of kibble. So you're keeping the value there, but you're bringing the excitement of the value down slightly. Toys mean play. Food means eat. To a lot of dogs, play is going to heighten their arousal. It's going to get them excited, which could potentially add that sort of positive stress. And for food, yeah, they're excited for food, but at the same time, it's slightly less. So maybe you use your your high high energy or high stress style, positive stress um, rewards for like a recall. You tell your dog to come. Your dog's coming. You pull that toy out. Like, good boy, and you throw the toy. So you're making them get almost you're giving that you're raising that stress response and they're coming into you to get that to get that toy they're excited about it but maybe when you're teaching sits and downs and things like that and you're trying to get more concentration more focus and less of that stress you stick with food to kind of keep the dog balanced i always try like i said i keep my emotions in check as best i can when i'm training i don't want to have super high highs i don't want to have any low lows I want to just stay like, hey, we're training. This is what happens because I feel like if I can keep a cool head through a whole training, if I can keep myself very clear, that energy is going to get passed to my dog and my dog is going to feel the same way as well. So I really feel like that this is an important thing to take away. Um, The other thing you take away from this is, you know what, when your dog is afraid during storms, gunfire, whatever, loud noises, when your dog is afraid, it is absolutely useless to correct them. I think it's absolutely useless to try to add a negative to a negative. You need to come up with different solutions, whether that means temporary solutions, meaning you're going to have the radio on, you're going to do something, or something we've been doing. So our dog, Luda, he's not a fan of thunderstorms. And I've said this before on, on previous podcasts. We had a storm roll through through July 2019. Uh, up until then, he was bulletproof in the sense of being able to handle things. And that storm dropped softball-sized hail on our house and absolutely destroyed it. Through that, you could call it a PTSD, you can call it whatever, he developed anxiety when there were storms and stuff or high winds. And so this this early season storms that we've been dealing with, not a great thing for him. But but uh, what we started doing is we actually, just this last storm, we started giving him these CBD gummies and um, and they definitely helped. So there's ways you can do it. Yes, you can go to more more vet-recommended pharmaceutical-style meds for your dog, um, just like with people. But I like to try more natural things if I can help it. So I did find that the CBD thing did take the edge off enough. Now, would that help with a dog who has severe separation anxiety? I'm going to say no. But will it help take the edge off of some of these certain little things? Yeah, I think it actually could really help. Um, don't be afraid to use medication if you if you feel like it is an option that is helpful. In the end, what we're looking for is we're trying to help our dogs get through these stress things, whether it's training, whether it's storms, whether it's a good stress or negative stress. We're trying to figure out, hey, how do we get our dogs to work through these? And that's what I hope by listening to this. And if you have to, 
go back and listen to it again. Um, definitely just, just what I'm hoping is we can figure out ways. We can identify, you know what, my dog does that. You know what, I do yell at my dog when they are stressed because I think they're being naughty. But maybe it's just stress that's causing it. And then you can maybe understand why it's not effective what you're doing with your dog. So anyways, guys, I hope this podcast episode was useful. Um, researching this one, it really opened my eyes. I, I, I knew and I understood stress with dogs. But just reading it, kind of, especially the, the, the what happens with the dog's body was very interesting to me. Um, so I wanted to get this one covered. It was very fun for me to research and everything. Kind of opens my eyes to these things that I already thought I had a good grasp on. But you know what? We can all learn new things and we can all... Um, get better at whatever it is we are doing. So guys, I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, We are on YouTube. This one will not be on YouTube, but we do have other podcasts uh, posted up on YouTube. So check out our YouTube channel there, like and subscribe to that so you get notifications when our new ones pop up. We had a power outage yesterday and I'm dealing with camera issues. That is why uh, we did not have the camera set up today. It just did not work out time-wise. I had to reboot the computer because everything shut down when we lost power because of the storm it was pretty nasty so and luda did not approve of that storm whatsoever anyways guys thank you for listening share this with your friends if you think your friends could benefit from it i know uh we're just trying to reach out to as many people as possible and help everybody but thank you guys and of course like always we'll see you next week